I want them to be able to show up because when the women are taken care of in our communities and in our homes, it changes so much. It changes our cities. It changes our states. It changes everything. It can change the world. Honestly, I really do think it can. And I think that's one of the biggest things is just continuing to empower the one woman that needs it because she's going to turn around and pay it forward because that's just who we're designed to be. Welcome to On Her Terms, a podcast that helps women nurture their unique personal power and channel it into creating a life that is truly their own. I'm your host, Krati Mehra. Today's episode is a delightful conversation with guest Amber Zarikor, a big believer in wholehearted living. And believe me, she really walks the talk. Amber is an entrepreneur who left her 9-to-5 agency career to become her own boss, something she did rather spectacularly, growing her freelance work into a six-figure business. Amber established a branding agency called Copperheart Creative and has since been ranked as one of the top 10 designers in Tennessee. Amber also started a mentorship program called the Filio Cup Conference, a one-day self-care conference for passionate, career-driven women to help them live healthy, balanced lives as they rediscover their worth and make space for their dreams and desires. As I said, this was a delightful conversation. It was amazing getting to know Amber's story because she is someone who took big risks, made big leaps and built her life from scratch all to consciously create a purposeful life that truly served her soul and allowed her to pursue her passions in a way that was in integrity with her beliefs. In today's episode, we will learn more about Amber's journey. We deep dive into what living with your whole heart means for Amber and why she believes it's important for women to create a life that serves both passion and purpose and how we can all walk this path in the most self-loving way possible. So let's get to it. Okay, so first of all, Thank you so much, Amber, for being here. I should have said that right away, <laughs> but better late than never. Thank you so much for making time for this interview. And I I love everything you do. I love everything you stand for. Anybody who has read, gone through your website, who's read some of your work and listened to some of your interviews would know that you are so dedicated to, you know, focusing on women's well-being. Not enough people are doing that. And I think every time you create a resource so completely focused on self-care for women, reminding them that your health and well-being is just as important as the business you're building, the family you're caring for, and everything else you're doing with your life. I think it gives them permission. Not that they need permission, but they do need reminders. So I really appreciate the work you are doing. So I love that I'm getting to talk to you about it. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Also, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, okay, we're done. That's it. I just needed that. Thank you so much. (laughs) This will be a fun conversation because honestly, like my heart is so for women and I know we don't need permission, but we all look for permission. And so I'm really excited for this conversation and it's been an honor to meet you and get to know you and your brand. So I'm excited. (laughs) Absolutely. Same here. And it makes me want to ask you because of someone whose ideology I respect, I want to ask you, what do you hope, like the change that you hope to see in women, in not just working women, but women in general, and your audience as well, how do you want to see them grow? Honestly, the whole reason why I started Flare Cup 
was specifically something that I needed, but my mission grew way bigger because I knew that I wasn't alone. And I also want women to know that they're not alone. And I know when I feel empowered and connected and seen and heard and known, I feel confident. I feel like I can show up better for my family, for my business, for my community, for my friendships. Like, whether you're a sister or a daughter, a friend, whatever, mamas, wives, like all of the things, like I want them to be able to show up because when the women are taken care of in our communities and in our homes, it changes so much. It changes our cities. It changes our states. It changes everything. It can change the world. Honestly, I really do think it can. And I think that's one of the biggest things is just continuing to empower the one woman that needs it because she's going to turn around and pay it forward because that's just who we're designed to be. Yeah, that is so true. Women really underestimate the level of influence they have. So I really feel about this very strongly that my mother is someone who really has inspired me a lot. In fact, I do what I do because of the things that my mother went through. And I feel this so strongly that when a woman is either empowered or is disempowered, it impacts everyone around her. Because this, the strangest part is they don't realize that. Women don't realize the massive influence they have, not just on their families, but on their communities, everyone really around them. They completely miss that point, the, the sheer amount of power that they have. So yeah, I love that you brought that up. Thank you so much for pointing that out to anybody listening. It's not just for you. Every choice you make, it's going to, especially if you have kids, especially if you have daughters, your daughters are likely to either repeat the pattern or go like to, to an extreme opposite. So be very careful of the example that you're setting, if not for yourself, for the people who are watching you. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think with what you're saying too, I remember it was maybe a year ago, someone was like, you have so much influence. And I was like, but I only have like maybe 2000 followers on Instagram. And they were like, that's not what influence is. And I'm like, our culture has flipped that around and said that in order to be, have influence, you have to be an influencer. Mm -hmm. And even if you just influence one person, you're an influencer. And it's yeah. like that title of like being an influencer on social media has really shifted that. And to be able to like, step into that and be like, yeah, I do have influence and I can empower and influence others. And I am an influencer. And so like, if you're battling with that or any of your listeners listening right now, if they're like battling with, am I, I'm not an influencer. It's like, if you're that sweet neighbor girl that lives next door that says hi to you every morning and she's maybe 10, 15 years younger than you, she looks up to you. You're an influencer. The woman at the grocery store that's struggling that you take the time to just smile and say like, hey, mama, you're doing great. You're an influencer. And it's like no one really – we just forget that because we don't have X amount of followers or this amount on our email list. It's like it's just showing up for people and like being yourself and walking the talk and just living your life out by what you say you're going to do. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's beautiful. That's so powerful. And that's so immensely true. In fact, even the, the women we watch on TV have so much influence, you can only imagine what a what a real life example could do to you. So yeah, thank you so much. Everything that you said, it's so beautiful and so powerful. Let's keep that in mind going forward. And in fact, your own story is so inspiring. If someone has gone through your like declaring I quit out of nowhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> to where you are today that's it has been such an inspiring journey care to share any part of it because there's so much there to learn from yeah and honestly like looking back at the small chunks of my story i see them in chapters and it's like every single chapter was me taking a risk and trusting that it would all work out and trusting in my ability and trusting in my higher power and trusting that like honestly that everything's going to work out for me the opportunity that gets thrown at me or the words that fall out of my mouth at certain times, like tuning into that. And honestly, since becoming a business owner and since even just moving to Nashville from Ohio, it has been the biggest self-growth journey. And so looking back at my story, it's like just a whirlwind of chapters and risks and trust and getting to know who I am more and more in the process. Yeah. But I have to ask, because when you did quit your job, I mean, there is always something going on in your head when you take a risk. And I know there was something going on in my head when I took my risks and when I made my leaps and there were certain motivations that were driving me. I'm sure that's the same is true for you. Same is true for everyone who does these things. I have to ask, like you had, you didn't have a business at that time. And you just, you said that I quit and you walked away from a safe, secure, growing job. What was going on? What were your motivations? What was going on in your mind? Well, the first thing that went through my mind was, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. I was not so backstory. I had a full time job. I was working at a branding agency here in Nashville, and we had this incredible meeting with a just an incredible, I would say, community leader, the influencer of all influencers. And if you told her she was an influencer, she would also say, No, I'm not. But she leads with grace. She leads her family. She leads a team. She has a national jewelry company business. And I was so inspired. Like I still get chills thinking about our meeting. And it was a marketing meeting. And so we come back to the office and I was just like, there's got to be more. And anyone who's asking that question, that is the seed planted. Like if you're asking yourself, there's got to be more, or there's got to be a better way. That's the seed that's planted, like lean into that. And so I didn't think mine would become so immediate. And so I was sitting in our staff meeting the next day, or it was like a Monday or something. And I just went, (laughs) I just, it fell out of my mouth. I was like, you know what? I quit. <laughs> and I like everyone was staring at me and I was like, did I did I just say that out loud? Like cuz you know how you always want to scream that in a meeting or just say yeah. it in your head and I'm like, did I say that out loud or did I say that in my head? And everyone was staring at me and my boss gave me like the most ridiculous look ever and was like And so <laughs> I definitely was like, oh, I said that out loud. And yes, I do quit. And to be able to say that, and that was when that like, oh shit moment happened. And so after that, it was like, looking back at my past, I had never really had to dig for a job. I'd always been headhunted for a job, but I'd never done my own thing. I've done smaller projects on the side for design work or for branding, but I never had like a client roster. And so taking that leap was a huge leap of faith, honestly. And one thing led into another. I started really focusing on relationships and building my brand and like networking 
meeting anyone I possibly could meet. And it just completely like relationships just carried me through. It led me into one client that led me to three that led me to five. And pretty soon I had a whole branding agency. And so after a year of working underneath my maiden name, I renamed my company to Copperheart Creative and started partnering with all of those other incredible copywriters and photographers. I created like my own little micro network of just people that I really looked up to and their values and their style of work. And honestly, it was it has been one of the best things I've ever done because anyone who's listening who might be a business owner it is really lonely yeah, and it can be lonely if you don't put yourself out there and get plugged in or allow people to help you or step into your business and you to step into theirs. And so finding that community within my business was really fantastic. And then of course, with starting a business comes like the hustle and the girl boss culture and like all of the things that I don't even want to start because we could be on here all day. Yeah. And so I totally burnt out in 2018. And that was where, again, there's got to be a better way. I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. What can I do to solve this for myself and for others? And that's where Fill Your Cup was planted. And so starting a women's conference that was focused on more than just the work, it was, we focus on mental health and boundaries and relationships and stress and depression, anxiety, like joy, feeling deep joy, journaling, like all of these amazing things that help us to show up better and really bringing in professionals to help speak into that. And it's just been such a journey. So that's like, again, every single like opportunity led into another opportunity. And I just kept trusting my gut along the way and built relationships based on what season I was in and how I could serve them and how they could also pour into my cup. And so, yeah, it's a world. That was a long winded journey, but like, that's essentially (laughs) me in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah. No, anyone who has built a business can so relate to that. And you were, you're so right. It is a very, very lonely journey, no matter how much support you have in your life. Essentially. Like I also been, I'm a corporate dropout then who's someone who switched to doing my own thing and up to that point I had like successes like I was good in studies I was good at like my job then to suddenly go into this world where you get failure after failure because you're gonna experience those in some capacity or the other even if you're making consistent progress you're still gonna have so many failures because you're gonna get so many things wrong the whole world is so it's such an unknown quantity you're gonna get so many things wrong that feels it's such a humbling process though. It's so humbling. But I have to ask you because I often wonder if it's just me. I have since realized that it's not, but I still, I can't help but ask every woman that I talk to, anyone especially who's from a different country and has like a different culture. Did you ever feel like it's it's worse for women? Like it's, it's the load is just heavier for women. Did you ever mm. feel that way? I do because, and here's why. Here's here's specifically why I feel so. I've heard a lot of different viewpoints on this subject, but I think specifically in what I've experienced is that we have no separation of personal life and business. Yeah. And so everything bleeds together. Business is personal. And so when we get that no or that rejection or that 
one star review, it's like a cut to the heart. And we don't know how to separate our feelings per se to the actual business. Again, that's just me personally. And I've seen it across a lot of women in my network. And we have like 50,000 decisions to make. I mean, even coming home, I mean, my husband is just so, he's wonderful and I love him so, so much, but he is really good about just like going with the flow and I'm a planner, I'm an organizer and I'm making 500 decisions every day and they bleed together and specifically even working from home. It's like he gets home from work and he's done with work and he's like, Hey, what are we doing for dinner? And I'm like still working and I'm like, get out of my office. Like, I love you, but get out of my office. I'm like, I'm still working here. So I just feel like that separation piece. And a lot of that is creating boundaries, but I've always preached that like businesses should start with heart and that the heartbeat of our brand even, or even a personal brand of even who you are is your values and your mission and what your why of what drives you. And so like, it's really hard to separate those things from business and personal. And then of course your social calendar gets mixed in your to-do list gets mixed in. And it's just, there's no really separation between that. And in my eyes, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's so true. I will add like a little bit of my experience to that. Somebody had to like several, somebody, several of my friends and people who just trust me, my mentors had to sit me down and convince me to start charging like for the longest Mm. time I was just investing money like building a real business except that I'm not charging I'm just giving stuff away I'm just giving my time away my and I get heavily invested emotionally Mm. that it would take a toll on me because I I was talking to people who have had very similar struggles to my own and I would feel that so deeply so someone had to actually convince me to charge that's so crazy I'm building Mm. a business except that I'm not charging anything so how is it even a business and I thought that was you know something that I did but I've since spoken to so many women and apparently everyone has gone through that either they're not charging at all or they're not charging what they should be charging so that they're not even breaking even that's crazy that is crazy because you're building up how are you building a business if you're not charging Yeah, that's just a hobby right there. If you're not actually setting a structure or pricing, and I mean, we've all been there. Like when I was doing freelance work, while I also had a full time job and like did work for fun, and because I like I wanted to help, I wanted to design. I mean, I wasn't charging near what I should have, and it's like it was a hobby. And so there's a huge difference between a hobbyist, a freelancer, and a business owner. And it's all in the mindset. And then even beyond business owner, I would say like CEO. There's so many different mindset shifts that happen there and boundaries. But when I got started, I was very, very fortunate that I found a group of business owner women to really wrap me in their community. And I hired a mentor. I hired a business coach. I had other peers to like link arms with. So when they saw my pricing, they were like, raise your prices. And coming out of corporate, I knew what they were charging. And so I knew what I could kind of get away with charging. So yeah, there's, I think there's all like an experience in who you surround yourself with to just be like, girl, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I see like these steps are there more prominently for women. Like guys, and of course, everything I say, it just doesn't apply to every woman or every man. It's 
I'm just generally speaking, like men have it a lot. Those particular steps are a lot easier. I see so many women, they, they have to be convinced to charge. They have to be convinced to charge the right amount. They have to be convinced of so many things that you are creating value. Like I had to consciously separate my volunteer work and sorry, my business, like whatever my clients that I was taking, I had to actually separate that and start charging what I need to charge. And then I saw like the change in my clients as well. They were showing up with a lot more sincerity because they were, Mm. there was skin in the game for them. And I, I didn't realize that I was doing an injustice to them as well, giving them permission to take this so lightly because they're not investing anything. So I, like you said about the boundaries as well, saying no is so much harder for women. I would let them set the time for the appointments. Like instead of giving them a calendar and asking them to pick one of these, I'm letting them tell me when they want to talk. And like, Mm. then I'm just pushing myself and pushing myself to meet all of my own needs and meet all of their needs and just no boundaries whatsoever. Having like run the Filio Cup conference, I bet you have these conversations all the time. Why do you think that's so much harder for women? Why is it that we need to be walked through what at least to me now feels like such fundamental things? Like nobody mm. should have to tell you these things. Why is it no. so hard for women? I think it's going back to the very first thing that you said was that permission slip. Right. And that's something that we've worked on and talked through at Filio Cup and we will continue to dig into and As women, we don't need just permission to charge our worth. We also need permission to rest. We also need permission to say no. And when you have those right people in your corner to be like, to just take a breath and say, hey, here's what's going on. I'm just a little burnt out right now. And they're like, just say no. Like we need... (laughs) It takes a village and women thrive in villages. Like we thrive when we're surrounded by each other. That's why I still think girls go to the bathroom together. Like it's just hilarious, but it's like we thrive in community. And so my husband doesn't need to see his friends every week. Like he can go golfing with them or hang out with them once a month, but I got to see my girls at least once a week or I'm going crazy. Like we need that. And even back, way back, 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 back in history was like the men would go out and hunt. The women would stay in the village and do things together. They would like prep food, take care of the kids. Like, it's like they, we've always been like this. It's in our DNA. And so there's nothing really shifting there. It's just now like, sometimes I have to turn on my brain to almost think more masculine energy versus feminine energy And being aware of that has helped a lot too. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. I've always been a very solitary person. I I walk alone. I don't really do groups. Like one-on-one is good for me, but I don't do groups. But it it is something that I've come to appreciate too in the past couple of years, what you're saying, like being part of something like Fill Your Cup. I am beginning to see the value in that. I don't think you need a group necessarily. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Let's add that to needing a group. There's nothing wrong with that. Building a support group, nothing wrong with that. But I think I believe this and tell me if you disagree. I believe that you need to be very, very aware of who you are in your own capacity, who you are detached from all of your externals, what you're capable of and how you're going to build on that foundation. And then you discover who you are 
around all of these amazing people, around your clients, around your family, around your friends, your colleagues, all of these amazing people being in a setting like Philly Club Conference that could bring out like a whole other shade to your personality. So I think we should explore both sides. Would you agree? 100%. Solitude is where 99.99999% of personal development work is done. And through journaling, reading, just sitting in silence, going on quiet time, like walks, like learning the work that we can do by ourselves, especially like I'm a Christian. So I spend time in the word and I pray. And like, there's so much that I can do on my own to discover who I am as a person and who I was made to be. And then when I jump into a group setting, if someone says, well, you're selfish. And I'm like, well, here's 500 reasons why I'm not. And, or you like to steal the light. It's like, no, like I know who I am. So when someone says something to me, that's not true. I almost laugh at it. I'm like, is that a joke? Like, I know who I am, but thank you for trying to tell me. So I think that once the more we can know ourselves, the more we can confidently show up in a group setting. And like you said, you might be a lone wolf, but like if you thrive in one-on-one, like not everyone's meant to be an extrovert. Yeah. And so if that's that one friend that you feel safe with or the business coach you can be really vulnerable with or a therapist, you can go and show up and get your money's worth for that session of being honest and vulnerable. Like if that's one-on-one, that's still being vulnerable in a group setting. Like adding more people sometimes equals more drama. So like, I totally understand that, but solo time, I feel like in a pie chart is like very, very important. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying the episode. I'm taking a quick break here to remind you to subscribe to On Her Terms. Subscribing means that you get the latest episode without fail delivered to you every week. And it helps me reach a wider audience. If you haven't already, please pick up your phone and subscribe now. Let me know that you appreciate the content I'm sharing. Thanks in advance. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. It's like a, it's like building a, almost like a shield. If you know yourself really, really well, you can show up in all of these spaces and not be so affected by everyone else's opinions. You know, because they, as they say, everyone else's opinions, it's really none of your business. And so, but we can't help but care what somebody thinks about us. But if you know yourself really, really well, as you pointed out, you have a defense, you have this place in yourself to retreat to where you, you know, bring out your conviction and you remind yourself, no, I know who I am. I cannot allow this person to tell me who I am. Like I always listen to the criticism that comes my way. I listen very objectively, but if I, if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. I'm able to throw it out. So thank you for pointing that out. That's very important. And I have to ask you, like, this is such a huge part of your story. What do you mean when you say that it is important to you to live with your whole heart? I think honestly, that goes back to the piece of like business is personal and like everything feels personal because if I'm not showing up a hundred percent, I don't want to show up at all. Like There's been friendships where I've shown up like 50%. There's been jobs that I've shown up like 60%. There's been relationships in the past that I've shown up maybe 20%. And just like, it's never worth it. 
Like it's never worth your time. It's never worth your energy. It's never worth it in the long run to show up half of yourself. And so when I can show up my whole self, my whole authentic self and be vulnerable and real and listen so that I feel heard and seen and they feel heard and seen, like I want to show up with my whole heart. And so I show up like that in my businesses. I show up like that in my friendships, relationships, everything. So I think it really makes a difference. And you can tell the people that show up maybe guarded or trying to put on a front or like, I'm just, I know who I am going back to that piece. I know who I am so I can show up authentically and I can show up a hundred percent with my whole heart. Okay, and I so care a lot. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> so knowing yourself really well is one piece of it. But I have to ask, like, do you feel like you're doing that now? You're showing up with your whole heart in all areas of your life. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of like a stove with all the different burners on it. Say our stove has four burners. So like when I'm showing up really, really well in my business, sometimes I'm not showing up as well in my friendships because I'm putting more attention in that, in that section. I'm still showing up with a hundred percent, but I'm maybe not putting as much time and energy into that right now. So if a friend texts me when I'm in the middle of a big brand launch, I'm like, Hey, can I get back to you next week? Because I'm going to show up hundred percent for that yeah. friendship. And if I don't have the capacity to be my, my full self in that engagement or when I'm with that person, it's not worth it because they can read right through that and it's not serving anybody. So I think it's more like a, yeah, like a stove where you can turn up and down different burners, but it's showing up a hundred percent wherever you're at. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So when you made all of these switch in your life, quitting your job, going like into, and I also like feel the need to point out that we are not advocating for everyone to build their own business you don't you can do all of the things that we are discussing yes. in the 95 also none of this necessitates you owning a business or building like going out then building like your own network of anything really it, you can do this as whoever you are but i have to ask as you were like making all of these shifts in your life how did it change how you were showing up in the world how did it impact the woman that you are you know, and whatever other roles that you play in your life, because I'm trying to like break this down in a very practical way. What does that feel like when you start like living a life wherein you are caring more about what it is that you want instead of simply like ticking off a checklist or instead of simply mm -hmm. following the rules that someone else has assigned you? What does that really feel like? How do things shift for you when you start doing that? Oof, that's <laughs> juicy. <laughs> I think that's, like a combination of everything we've talked about. And so it's, it goes back to like taking risk and trusting that it, it'll all work out. So my faith, it also comes a little bit with age. I started my business when I was 24, I'm 30 now. And I think with taking risk and having faith comes also with age, with maturity which also comes with confidence. So it's like this perfect storm of like trusting and growing, trusting and growing and being able to show up with your whole heart and like really lean into these really, really complicated seasons of taking a risk. And I think that's where we're stretched and that's where we grow. 
is when we're stretched. I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? Like, yeah. And so being able to step out of my comfort zone and just, there was that big leap in the beginning of like jumping off full ship. And that might look different for someone else. It might not look like starting a business or quitting your nine to five. It might look like applying for that higher position that you know that you can knock out of the park or reaching out to that old friend because you know that you really want to reconcile that or starting a new maybe community group or something or joining, starting a new hobby. Like we can be stretched in so many different ways. And so as we're stretched, we get to know ourselves. We get to like stretch our faith, stretch how much we know about ourselves, stretch so much. And so it was a huge combination of just personal and professional growth at the same time. And I think that alone in that season was probably the most accelerated learning that I've ever done about my personal self. And now that I'm 30, I'm like, I can show up. And again, I have that truth, that anchor of knowing who I am. And it just radiates confidence because I've been through the woodworks. I've done the work, which is a very trendy saying right now of like doing the work, but I see it as sitting with myself, having my quiet time, like leaning into my faith, going to therapy, being open to criticism and open to hard conversations. Like I know how I communicate. I know more of who I am so I can show up better for myself and others. And so I think honestly, it's just a combination of so much of this conversation already, but does that answer the question? Yes, it does. (laughs) It does. It definitely answers the questions. And I'm glad that you pointed out that it, you know, the different shapes and forms that this can take in your life. Because I also feel like when you make changes in your life, and especially when you take leaps and you take risks, you feel so powerful. And how that pans out, of course, is a different story. It panned out, like it it turned out well for you, I'm assuming. But there must have been moments when you must have been wondering, what was I thinking? Like, what was I thinking making such a huge switch? I overestimated myself. We always have those moments, I think. So did you ever like wish that you had played it safer, that you had done things differently? Did you ever have those moments? I'd be lying if I said no. But I want to say that those moments where I'm like, why did I do this? Why did I stretch myself in this? They're rooted in fear. And so when I go back and I regret those seasons, I am rooted in fear of the unknown or I totally overcommitted to things that I can't like handle. And so it's usually in seasons of stress, overcommitment or fear. And so I have one friend specifically that she's my safe space and I need a, and I think we all need, just like you said, like that one-on-one time of someone we can yeah. be really honest with. When I feel in over my head and that I'm like, what am I doing? I'm an imposter. I'm a fraud. I don't know why I'm doing this. Like, I can't take any more client work. I'm burnt out. I'm tired and I'm broke. Like, it's like, what's happening? <laughs> like, when it's that perfect storm, I have my safe space to reach out and text her and say, I think I'm going to go apply for a full time job. And she's like, Absolutely not. Like, let's talk about this. I'm coming over. We're going to grab coffee. Like, and again, all the power to you if that is like something that it's not right for everyone. So have that safe person, but she knows my dreams and she knows my vision. She knows me so well. So when I doubt myself, I lean on her. And then before I even go to her, 
I usually go into my journal or I go to God. And so like, I think that's a huge piece too, of just being open to having those safe space with someone else, a higher power and yourself to speak those fears out loud. And like, if you read my journals, it'd be like, I quit. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to go apply at a brewery because they get to just like hang out and drink beer and talk (laughs) to people. I'm like, I just want like benefits. Like it's, I don't want to have to go try to get clients. It's like, there's so much of like that doubt, but I can read through that of like, that's fear. That's overwhelmed. That's doubt. It was a bad season, a bad week, a bad day. It's a roller coaster and life is a roller coaster of emotions. So running your own business is no different than that. It's just a little enhanced. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Same story here. I do that too. (laughs) And I think I love your answer because that's like, this is true about everyone. But when we are having that moment in our own life, we forget that. We always, we start thinking like, this is, what am I doing with my life? I'm such a loser. I did not get this right. Instead of realizing that, dude, everyone has these moments. You are no different. We always feel like the whole world is cruising and we're stuck. We're the only one stuck. So I love that answer. Love that you pointed it out. This is true about everyone. I have had those moments where I just want to went and I would just, and I also feel like with, and I think this is again, more true about women than anyone else. They do this to themselves where they are always like, but I have so much to grateful for. Mm -hmm. I'm being so like, being so selfish, venting. I'm being so selfish, complaining. There's nothing wrong with complaining. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with venting. As long as that's not what your whole day or what your whole life is about. As long as you're taking action. If you want to vent, vent. There's nothing wrong with that. So <laughs> yep. I love that you pointed it out. You can have that person and you can have, you can lean on your faith. You can lean on your friend. I, I do too. I am also someone who prays like twice a day. I pray consciously and every like all day long, I'm mumbling little chants that keep me very grounded. So I love that you said that. <laughs> That's beautiful. And I think like knowing who the right person to complain to, like having that safe space to complain. And for like the mamas listening, it's like that might be another mom friend that gets it. For my business, if I want to complain about my business, I have my safe business bestie that she gets it. She knows my heart. She knows what I'm doing. She knows that I'm in a season of growth and that it's scary and it's messy and she gets it. So I'm not going to go complain to my clients. I'm not going to go complain to a potential client or maybe someone who's done design work for me, a peer or a mentee. I'm not going to complain about those things to those people because I know my specific safe person for this specific thing. Another person, I'm like, I pay my business coach to listen to me complain and help me solve solutions and work past that because a lot of that is limiting beliefs and fear. And so she calls the like no BS on me and helps me work through that again. Then also therapy, I pay her to help me work through those things if it's with my personal life or even business things too. So I think a lot of it is just like knowing the right person to bring those concerns to. And again, like, like you said, like mumbling throughout the day and just like having those quiet whisper conversations throughout our workday, or even whether you're owning a business or working for someone else, or if you're with your kids at the park and you're stay at home mama, like God wants to hear all those complaints first, like before you bring them to anyone else, like he wants to hear that first. So I just think that's really cool of like 
keeping the open dialogue and knowing who to go to with those specific things. Yeah. I go to my parents and my father always says that she asks the questions and then she just answers them herself and then she leaves the room. (laughs) (laughs) That's called the rubber duck syndrome. And if you need to, you just put a little rubber ducky on your desk and you tell the duck your problems. And then the duck was, (laughs) you just, I have imaginary friends. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That works too. That works too. I love it. Yeah, I love the direction this conversation has taken and the things that you've pointed out because these are so important. I have my clients who would often say to me, again, like you said, there are people you're paying for help. And I have my clients apologizing to me saying, oh, I know we did this in the last session, but I want to bring this up again. And I'm like, you are paying me. Do you understand that? Mm, (laughs) This is your space. Go ahead, go nuts, bring it all out. No problems whatsoever. (laughs) And they're so apologetic if the session runs longer. I just like, if I could, I would get on the top of my building and I would just scream, stop apologizing, ladies. Please stop Mm. apologizing. I'm pretty sure there's a book out there about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. They don't realize that. Stop. There are things that we all should be apologetic for, like there are genuine mistakes that we might make. But there is so much that we apologize for that we don't have to apologize for. Taking up space is one of those things. Like asking for help is another thing. Just asking for a little relief from the people we love and from the people we're paying to do exactly that is something else. So many of us forget that we complicate our lives. It feels like for no reason. I know, I know that there's more, it's more nuanced than that. But still, I wish people would remember the answer that you gave for the question that I asked. You just, you need the right people. Obviously, don't burn your whole life just to get like a complaint session and don't do that. Choose the right people to go to. But <laughs> once you are in the company of the right person, let let go, vent. It's okay. And you're no different from everyone else. We all do it. <laughs> So I, I really love that. And I have to ask you more about Filio Cup Conference because I think it is such a crucial resource that you've created. So please tell us more about that and how it's serving women and why, like you've already highlighted the importance of community, but let's just talk about it from the perspective of Filio Cup Conference. Yeah. Well, over the pandemic, we were all isolated and coming back from the pandemic, women now more than ever are like, I need community. I want to feel connected. And what they're saying through the lines there is I want to feel safe, seen, heard, and loved. And I think a lot of that is just creating the space for that. So we always say that we're creating a safe space for conversations to happen. Fuller Cup has grown and shifted and evolved a lot in how we're trying to communicate it. Because we're focusing on the woman as a whole, we don't necessarily fit in like a woman of faith conference. We don't necessarily fit in a women business conference. And we don't really fit in a total self-help area. Right. And so we're kind of dancing in between. So we've called it a self-help conference. We've called it a connection conference. But essentially what I'm doing is creating space for women to come and just show up as they are. There's a lot of conferences on the market that have their own niche of say flavor for the type of women they're attracting. And I just want the good, hardworking, loving person that just needs permission to rest. That needs to be reminded that she's enough and that she's doing enough and that her dreams matter and that she has the ability to either take a nap or chase her dream 
And whether she chooses one today and one tomorrow, she's safe to do that here. And so bringing women together that have similar mindset and values, I think is huge. We've had three conferences now and we have hosted the past two online and they're available on our website. So you can go back and rewatch those. But I mentioned earlier, like journaling is a huge piece of my personal development and how I grow and learn more about myself. And so we bring journaling into the conference. So after each speaker, there's a complete break and pause. It's not a bathroom break. It's a journaling break. Right. And we have prompts that link to the speakers and their, their content. I work with the speakers to create those journal prompts and we just sit in, in quiet music and we journal for five minutes after every speaker. So that kind of eliminates the, when you get home and you feel like you've drank from a fire hose all day and you don't even remember what you learned because every 30 minutes there was a totally different topic and you didn't get to like actually retain or process that information. And so even in our online course we have, or conference, we have those laid out in the videos. So you are almost like, we ask you not to skip through them to actually journal, do that work. And it's just been really beautiful to see people even wanting more of that. Like they're like more journal time, more connection time. Like they want more, more, more. And it's like, we can only give so much. And that's where a boundary comes in of like, (laughs) you can journal on your own time. Like you can journal whenever you want. But I think just creating that safe space to kind of plant the seed. Because a lot of women are like, I'm not a journaler. Just like I said, I'm not an influencer. And I've also said, I'm not a runner. And all three of those are lies. And so it's just interesting to kind of get them started, get them going, and then they can take it on their own and make it look however they want. So the conference, again, has just been, it started as almost a hobby because I was not charging enough. And then coming forward and getting smarter, going from running a business to running and hosting events is totally different. Selling tickets versus selling services is totally different. And so it's just a really interesting shift and doing more where it has stretched me even, even more. And so that's been really great. I love that. It's it's always so interesting when you do something new and especially when that new is something that really speaks to your soul, really lets you like combine your passion and your purpose. It's like going on an adventure and like meeting a whole new version of yourself. I really love that. that When you get challenged and I think a lot of people underestimate themselves, especially women, they think that if we were to be thrown into those challenges, we're going to drown. You don't know that. You really don't know that because when you're challenged, you're going to discover like these whole very interesting nuances to your character that you didn't even know that were just hiding right there. And suddenly you are like this baller woman (laughs) who comes out fighting and you're surprised at your own strength. I have had moments like that. I know you had moments like that when you like said, I quit. And then you went all in doing this thing for yourself and you have down moments, but the up moments are so awesome that they, they make you realize what a truly, truly determined woman is capable of. And I think in those moments, women have men beat. I, I shouldn't say that probably. <laughs> so I don't know how if that's PC or not, but I do believe that in moments of immense challenges, women just, I think they are beautiful to watch in progress. <laughs> Absolutely. So, which makes me want to ask you about a time in your life when you felt drained, 
when you felt all out of faith, but you found a way to rally forward. Care to share a moment like that from your life? Yeah, man, there are a lot of those. So (laughs) (laughs) hence why the conference is called Feeling Cup because feeling drained seems to be a trend in my life. So I'm constantly a student of learning how to fill my cup. But I think honestly, like going back to that 2018 area. And so I was in my business for two years at this point and I was hustling, I was grinding, I was doing all the girl boss things. I was signing the biggest clients and getting all the rewards and I was showing up on Instagram and went to my, like, anytime I would go to my hometown, they're like, you're killing it. And I'm like, I'm killing it. And it's like, I would get home and I would cry. I would like, not eat lunch. My body was just like so torn up, like from stress carrying it in my shoulders and in my jaws. I was not sleeping well. I was answering emails at all hours of the night. Like the behind the curtain of what success of what I'm going to do air quotes here of what I thought success should look like, should again, should look like. And then what success meant for me, that was the area where like I had to redefine that and it came within the sense of burnout. And so after I burnt out, I was able to, that was like the screeching breaks of like, like stop everything you're doing. This is not working for you. And everyone might love and think your life is awesome, but do you like living your own life right now? And the answer was no. And burnout came with doubts and fears and feeling like I was performing. It felt like I had to show up. I wasn't really being myself because I was trying to show up and show out and keep up with the Joneses. And that was the first time where I logged off social media and I had to completely stop looking at what anyone else was doing. I had to take the standard of success and I had to throw it in the trash and I had to come back to my values and who I am and what success looks like for me. And honestly, like success in my life now is to have enough money in my bank account that we can pay our rent and live a comfortable life and travel. And I can spend quality time with my husband and love on my dog and take her on walks in the middle of the day. Like I want to be able to host and just show up for people. And none of that comes with accolades or awards or answering an email within two hours of it being sent. Like I don't need any of that. And so I think a lot of it is just realizing what success looks like for yourself. And I will say, um, in your question, you asked like out of feeling drained and losing faith. I'm like in that, I would say it would be the opposite. Like my faith skyrocketed in those seasons because I had nowhere else to turn. I had my people in my corner, like we talked about, but when you're that low or that like running on empty, the only thing that can fill your cup. And like, again, this is a little subjective, but like the only thing that I believe that can fill your cup is truly coming back to who you are because every single person is going to be filled in a different way and has a different version of success and needs different things. And I had to come back and say, what fills my cup and what do I need right now? 
And how can I stop doing all of these destructive things to my mind, body, and spirit and start getting my shit together and living the life that I actually want to live? And I think that the screeching brakes can happen subtly or all at once. So I guess to your listeners, I just want to say like, if this is you, if this is the season that you're in, just take a breath, come back to who you are, press pause. One of my favorite songs is Vienna by Billy Joel. And like the lyrics of that song starts out as slow down, you crazy child. You're so ambitious for a juvenile. And it's like, take the phone off the hook and disappear for a while. It's like, get your like rest, yeah, solitude, be alone. And it's okay to press pause. And that's essentially like what the conference is. It's a big permission slip to press pause and to do all of that work that I did in 2018. We're essentially guiding women through that in a consolidated day of how to do that in their own life. And so I can't stress it enough of if you're in those seasons to just press pause. Like the world tells you to keep going faster, more, quicker, whatever. Just press pause because the only world that truly matters is how you're showing up in it with your whole heart. And if you can't do that and you're pretending and showing up and performing and not being your authentic self, then you're doing the world a disservice. Beautiful answer. This is why I wanted for you to share these chunks of your life because this is so relatable. And yet we all miss out on this. We miss out on the fact that we are all together in these struggles. And due to that, we feel isolated and we feel lonely. And I love that you mentioned that everyone was like, you're killing it. But the behind the scenes thing was very, very different. Your life was very different. Like when you were alone, the whole thing unraveled. And this is something we all need to appreciate that because we do ourselves, like we get, we are so hard on ourselves when we get on Instagram, we're looking at everyone's, as they say, the highlight reel that we start to believe that that is their reality. And again, we are all alone. It's just me who's facing these rejections and who's facing these failures. And that's just not true. So Amber, I love, I so immensely appreciate your candor, the way you've shared your story. We, I believe, I truly believe that every woman in this world has an inspiring story to share, but not all of us either have the courage to share it, a platform, or we are unable to bring a lot of refinement to our story so that it we are able to like bring forth the parts that need to be said in a very articulate way. So I appreciate you doing that for the benefit of my audience, for the benefit of your for, for women everywhere. So, so grateful. Thank you so much. This was an amazing conversation. That's it for today's episode. So did you love it or did you love it? Thank you for joining me today and sharing your time. If you're eager for more, head on over to onhertermspot.com for show notes, guest information, downloads, and more. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, ask questions, and share your struggles with other powerful women, join my intimate community over on Facebook. The link will be in the episode description. Until next week, this has been another episode of On Her Terms Podcast.